You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Hello Wind Column podcast. This is our last episode before the trade deadline. A lot going on in Rangers world. It seems like talks are heating up between the Rangers and other teams vying for you, Darvish's services. We'll talk about that and more uh, alongside former Major Leaguer Mike Bassick, Jared Sandler with you on this Friday morning. Mike? Yeah. What's up, man? Not much. I uh, was hoping that maybe it would play out a little bit different from the last time we talked, but it's not. The Rangers are a 500 team playing about 500 baseball, even a little below that. And I agree with the reports, Jared. I agree with what we're hearing from. I can't remember exactly who Ken Rosenthal, I believe yesterday that the Rangers are likely to trade you Darvish. And hopefully with that trading you Darvish, isn't the only piece over the weekend that the Rangers trade or Monday that they get rid of three or four pieces and try to get players in their farm system that are hopefully double a triple a quality right now. And that they can help them in the near future because there's very little to no help in double a and triple a in the Rangers farm system. You say three or four guys, so you Darvish being one, who are the other two or three uh, Gomez, that you would like to see? LaCroix, Gomez LaCroix. I don't think you can get anything for Napoli, but I don't care if he's here the rest of the season. I don't think you can get anything for Jeffress, but I don't care if he's here the rest of the season. Um, I would also, honestly, Jared, I would like to trade Cole Hamels. If you trade you Darvish, which I'm assuming means you're not going to re-sign him. I thought Bob Nightingale did a great article on, hey, Boston Red Sox thought the same thing on John Lester. And John Lester said, hey, thanks, guys. I'm not re-signing with the Boston Red Sox after they traded him to the Oakland Athletics. They pretty much had almost an agreement in place. And John Lester said, nah, you know what? And then also Bob Nightingale saying it's going to be pro- approximately $200 million. Who knows how much it's going yeah, to be? We, yeah, who knows? But if it's that. See you later, you Darvish. And to me, it's not the money, it's the years. And I've yeah. said this. And that'd be a seven-year contract. Right, yeah. I. Yeah. So, if you Darvish is, if he wants $32 million for the next three years, I'd be more inclined to do that than $23 million for the next seven years. You know, it, to me, the, the length is what would be the deal breaker. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, it's interesting. The Carlos Gomez thing's interesting, and I think some of it might depend on what the Rangers get in a trade for you, Darvish. So let's talk about some of the names uh, who have been tossed around. Uh, there have been two pitchers, Walker Beeler and Yadier Alvarez. There's the center fielder, Alex Verdugo. There was something on Twitter that led some people to believe that Willie Calhoun, who's the fourth-ranked prospect in the Dodgers system, would be coming to the Rangers. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'd be shocked if he did. He's a second baseman who can hit but doesn't have a position because he's not very good defensively. Oh, we have that. And and I don't yeah, I don't think that the Rangers 
have any interest in adding either a middle infielder who's not good at defense or a corner outfielder who's not good at defense. I think the guys that the Rangers would like to add are guys who uh, are good at defense, especially with what they've been through this year. So I think the three... The three likely big names of which the Rangers will get one if they trade with the Dodgers, I got to believe, and if they get lucky, maybe two, are Beeler, Verdugo, and Alvarez. I've seen Beeler. Love him. Think he's outstanding. He's post-Tommy John, so, you know, that there's the good and the bad with that. Yeah. Uh, college kid, he's probably ready to be a starting pitcher uh, at the major league level next year, though I don't know to what degree or what level he'll be uh, a major leaguer next year. Verdugo's a, a center fielder. You know, he's, listen, there, I know some people said, oh, well, the Rangers have Leody Tavares. They don't need another center fielder. Nah, it don't work like that. You don't know what Leody's going to be. In. No. He or, might be jerks in Profar. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to say this because I'm tired of people pumping up low A ball kids. They're little kids. Uh, it's like pumping up uh, freshmen in high school for the NBA draft right now. They're little kids. And, and the kid, uh, according to what I've heard, is lot of potential. Also looks like a 14-year-old kid playing baseball. Now, not that he's way overmatched. He's not overmatched. But I remember everybody telling me about jerks and pro far and low A ball. Oh, he just has it, man. He just has it. He has nothing. You know, he's a guy that it was probably going to be a utility infielder the rest of his career. And so I don't want to hear about low A ball guys. Tell me about a guy like Verdugo who's batting 332 in AAA against guys that are 24 to 30 years old. Now I'll believe the dude can do something at the major league level. Don't tell me about a dude who's 18 years old, 150 pounds, playing in low A ball. And I, I do personally think that Tavares is going to be really good, but you're right. We have no idea. Um, you know, there's still, he's, he's probably two years away from being in the conversation. Uh, and plus worst case scenario, you end up like the Red Sox who have three center fielders in their outfield. Yeah. And, that really stinks for them that they yeah, catch every ball. Hit yeah. To them. So, you know, I've heard some people say, Oh, I don't need a, a center fielder. Uh, Verdugo's a guy that, yeah, like you mentioned, he's a, a left-handed hitter, uh, who has got a, a 60 hit tool. He's gonna, you know, he's a guy who will hit for yeah. a probably above average off, power. Off topic here. Yeah. How in the world are the Dodgers doing this? What How do are mean? they developing rookies of the year every year uh, with a huge budget? Not picking first overall in the draft or top five picks. How are they doing this? Great job of developing these kids. I mean, that's what it what it comes down to. And and maybe they're dra- you know, I guess what's tough to know. Is this done? I would be paying millions of dollars, and I'm not kidding here. I would be paying millions of dollars to take away their assistant farm director, to take away their pitching coordinator. I would start plucking away and paying millions of dollars to get them in the Rangers organization because what they're doing over there is unbelievable. I guess the what we don't know is, I get like there's always that gray area. So did the guy? not turn out how you wanted because he didn't develop well or was he just not the right guy to draft you know is it the draft or is it the development yeah uh, and I and don't go know, get their scouting director too I don't know if uh I don't know if the Dodgers are drafting well <clears throat> I mean they, they obviously are I don't know if the strength is the draft or the development or both but yeah they're yeah. doing a great job and that's one reason why they've been able to spend a lot of money uh but also uh you know, protect themselves because not all of their big money deals have worked out. But then yeah. guys like Seeger and 
Uh, Bellinger have obviously kept yeah. them afloat. And, Jock and, Peterson, I know he's not an all. You yeah. know, he didn't have as good a year as people maybe projected this year. But dude, every you just read about their guys and you yeah. dream about having. And you know what the Rangers did? I shouldn't say the Rangers did. There, you, you dream about having an organization like that. The Rangers did from about 2009 to 2014. The Rangers had what the Dodgers had or it, have. Quickly, uh, a lot of people are asking about Beeler and Alvarez. Beeler's a uh, a guy who probably throws low to, to mid-90s, uh, but probably settles in in the lower portion with a really good curveball. Alvarez is a higher-velocity guy with a really good slider, but he's younger. So, you know, it, it's kind of what you're talking about with Leody Tavares. Whenever the guy's yeah. younger, yeah, that's maybe a little sexier because uh, he's got more gas in the tank, so to speak, but he's also a little further away. Yeah. Uh, and so I think Beeler's a guy who's appealing because of how close he is. Yeah, and I think the Rangers it will be tough to get uh Bueller and to get uh Verdugo. But I think you should be able to get uh what's the young guy's name and uh, I think he just got promoted to double A, right? Who you just said Yadier Alvarez. Alvarez. Yadier Alvarez. Yeah, uh I think you should be able to get the center fielder in him and here's why. I've been looking at this Jared and cuz I, I think I think you had a great point about Quintana and hey they could have just got Quintana and he's more controllable uh he's having I guess he's now having a better year than you Darvish but he's left-handed and I know that sounds weird but I think I saw I read where 68 to 74 percent I forget the exact thing but it was right around 70 percent of the Dodgers starts this year are by left-handed pitchers so I wonder if they looked at Quintana and said well we don't want to give up tons to get him we'd like to get him but we have a lot of left-handed guys under control in our rotation in the future and then they didn't have the Clayton Kershaw injury at the time of the Quintana trade so I think that puts the Dodgers in a different situation today than it did three weeks ago uh, at the all-star break I still don't think that you can get two of those guys um I would love it if if the Rangers got one of those guys, I think it would be a successful deal. Who, if they you, got, who would you want? I personally would want Beeler. Okay. Uh, I I love the idea of getting Verdugo. Uh, I don't have a problem with Verdugo, but I just think that it's so tough to trade for starting pitching prospects, and yeah. you need a starting pitcher of great value in order to do that. I mean, you look at all the starting pitching prospects who've been traded – they either get traded for another start, like a, a major league high-quality starting pitcher, or they get traded just for an elite position player. Yeah. And it's not every day that you have the ability to trade a U Darvish, and I want to take advantage of that by getting a pitcher. But if you told me that the Rangers got Verdugo, I wouldn't sit here and pout. Right. I would just, my preference would be Beeler. Let's say I'm the Dodgers GM, and I say, look, John Daniels, you're John Daniels now. You can have either one of these trades. You can have straight up one for one, Bueller for Darvish, or you can have Verdugo and Alvarez. You can have the two. Oh, you can have two or you one. You can have two or you can. You're now John Daniels. Which one do you take? Because you picked a Bueller over Verdugo, so I I get where you're coming there. Now I'm throwing out a different scenario. Oh yeah, if it's Verdugo and Alvarez. Yeah. Oh, that's not not a question. Okay. I take Verdugo and Alvarez. Okay. Absolutely. I just didn't know how high you had. No, no, Bueller I mean, on I, your I, list. Listen, I think the big difference, I mean, I, I shouldn't simplify it like this. The big difference for me between Beeler and Alvarez is that, yeah, you know, Alvarez is in double A and, uh, and whatnot. That's not incredibly far. I just think Beeler's a guy that can be in my starting rotation next year. And if, if they value that, yeah. he's also post Tommy John, which there's good and bad to that. But 
if it's Beeler or Verdugo and Alvarez, not a question at all. Okay. Uh, now, <laughs> do you think it's going to be the Dodgers? Yeah, I kind of do. I do too. Um, uh, I, I do. I think the Dodgers also believe that they're going to have you Darvish after this season's over for five or six more years. Yeah, now, and that's interesting. I do think that the Dodgers believe they've got a good shot regardless. Yeah. Because they're not going to be the ones trading him away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do think you're right. That's uh, why I also think you're probably going to get the best offer from them because of the Astros who seem to be really interested and they're in the same situation. But they're not going to resign. Right. And yeah. so that, that's why I don't think they want to give as good a deal where the Dodgers feel like, we'll get him. Yeah, it stinks that, you know, we're not going to get him for $10 million per year like he's been on. But we're going to get him and re-sign him. Now, is there another position? Because I have one in mind. But yes. is there another position, whether it's from the Dodgers or any other team, that you would like to see the Rangers get a prospect uh, who who plays that position? I'm not really saying it grammatically. Yeah, correctly. center field number one for my position uh, strength of need for the Texas Rangers. Number two is a good question. I think... I think it would be catcher. Yeah, that's my number two. Okay, because I'm going to trust that Odor is going to get better at second base, and there's no other position for him to play. Um, Third base, I think Gallo can do it once Beltre retires, and Beltre, hell, he looks like he's going to be able to play not only next year, but a couple more years after that, the way it's going. So that's where I'm at with that. Corner outfield would be number three. So for me, it goes starting pitching. Uh, If you can get a center field prospect, great. I would say that... uh, it's not it's not my number two well, yeah, I guess it is you know, just just in the same way that a shortstop and a center fielder, guys up the middle are valuable. Yeah, if you can get one, great. But one position we haven't talked about a lot is catcher, and I know a lot of people think Jose Trevino could be that guy, and maybe he is gonna be that guy, but I think I see him just watching him in double A, I see him as a, a potential solid backup catcher in the major league. Who if he started 50 games, you wouldn't be upset about no, it. Yeah. No, yeah. no, for next year. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe that would be a little bit too soon for him, but I, I think he's going to be a very good backup defensive catcher in the major leagues who right now I'd project bats the way batting averages are, 210 to 230. And I know that sounds bad, but that's major league baseball batting averages have gone way down. So 210 to 230 guy with, you know, 40 runs batted in and 40 runs scored in his backup role. Okay. If I'm making him an everyday player. 40 RBIs in 50 games is pretty good. Well, okay. Okay. I guess I would, I'd probably have to take it down to probably more like 25. Then. Sure. Uh, you know, one of his issues, he doesn't walk. So that 220 batting average. <laughs> We're good at that. Is, uh, you know, becomes a 260 on base, yeah. which isn't. But yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong if if there's a catcher that uh, that they really like. Uh, but obviously, you want to you want to add up the middle. You don't, you know, you don't need to come away with a first baseman or a third baseman. You don't need to come away with a true corner outfielder. Right. I would say that you know if Alex Verdugo ends up becoming a corner outfielder because you've got a better defensive center fielder, then hey, that's awesome. But you want to try and add up the middle. But we just haven't spent a lot of time talking about catcher. Yeah. That's a. I wouldn't be upset to see a C next to the name of a guy that we got in a trade. Do you think Jonathan Lacroix is a Texas Ranger on Monday? I do not, but. So here's actually a good segue. So I don't necessarily think you ask where you Darvish will end up. I don't necessarily think that if it's a Rangers-Dodgers deal, like we're talking about this from the 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 standpoint of, you know, what can you Darvish get you? 
I don't necessarily think it's a what can you Darvish get you. I think it's a what you Darvish and fill in the blank can get you. I don't know that they're packaging you Darvish with anyone else, but I also wouldn't be surprised if there was a deal that included another player that sent you Darvish. Now, it could be Jonathan Lucroy, who I don't think will add a ton of value. It could be, you know, the the reports are they're they're shopping Jeremy Jefferson, Keone Kella. You know, I don't think Jeffress adds a ton of value. I do think Kella adds value, though. Uh, You know, I don't know who it would be, but I wouldn't be surprised if you Darvish was not traded by himself. Jonathan Lucroy could be a part of that deal, but I do not see Jonathan Lucroy as a Ranger after the deadline. Okay. First, Kella is a young guy who has potential. I would love to trade him immediately and get something for him because I don't know this. I just don't know if he was made to pitch a major league season for his whole life. I played with guys like this. Sean Hill comes to mind on the Washington Nationals. People won't remember him that well. Because he was really good and really hurt all the time. His whole life of baseball, he was hurt. And Keone Keller reminds me a lot of Sean Hill in that, hey, if he's healthy, he looks really good. He's going to be healthy for three appearances a month, and that's it. He's going to throw another three or four appearances during that month, and he's not going to feel that good throwing the ball. And so if teams want him and can give you something for him, I will get rid of guys that I don't think can handle a 162-game season. So I'd like to do that as fast as possible. Uh, With LaCroix, I'm for trading LaCroix. At this point, I'm looking at the Rangers and going, I want to be good when the new stadium hits. And and that's really my goal now as a Texas Ranger general manager. If I'm the general manager, I got to be good in 2020. I would say if I'm the Rangers – and okay, how soon? What's the earliest they could be really good if they if they make a few sell type trades? I would say twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean, and, you could and, see, and when I say good, I'm saying like back to yeah. being the playoffs. Uh, and and I will agree with that. Just because when you start looking at these young teams that you're projecting, right? The Houston Astros were projected to be a bad team in 2015, but they were good. It was 2016. Everybody kind of looked at it and said, "Boy, by 2016, they could be pretty good." And they beat that year. Now, I know the Minnesota Twins are falling off a little bit right now. They just had to play the Dodgers, which didn't help. Minnesota was still supposed to be a team that lost 90 games this year. But their young core has come along, and they're playing 500 baseball, and that's a pretty fun team to watch when you're a a guy looking at teams that are going to be good in the future. So I can see where the Rangers beat the projection of 2020 and and are a Minnesota Twins 2017 team where next year people are going to look at the Twins and say, hey, I think they might be able to win that division. Kansas City's going to drop off. Cleveland will probably still be pretty good. But, yeah, I'll go with 2019. Okay, so we got a lot of questions here from people. Uh, One from Pratish. How are we in the state we are right now? I would say, like, as far as this year is concerned, the bullpen's a big part of that. In general, I think... Uh, the lack of pitching development uh, has also impacted the Rangers. Yeah, if Dyson was Dyson of last year and everything would have stayed the way it was in the bullpen, the way we thought, they would have one of the wild card spots. All right, from Jeff, chances Elvis opts out. So Elvis can opt out after next year and the following year. I really have no idea. I think there's a a pretty decent chance that he opts out uh, because he's obviously performing in a way that – is more valuable than his contract. Uh, but there's also a lot of guaranteed money that's tied to his deal if he doesn't opt out. So I really don't know. To me right now, it's a coin flip, and yeah. a lot can change between now and when he has to make that decision. I agree. Okay, uh, 
So from Cruz, what are the possibilities that we win a wild card spot even if we sell? Saw that we have a few games remaining with teams that have winning records. So Cruz is right. The Rangers do have what on paper looks like a pretty favorable schedule. I'll say that for 500 teams, 500 teams are what they are. They're 500 teams, and schedules don't really change that. But I do think that if the Rangers were to trade you, Darvish, and bring in bullpen help, not necessarily from that trade, but if they were to make a separate trade to bring in bullpen help, I wouldn't sit here and say that it was it would be impossible. Crazier things have certainly happened. What I have said and what I will continue to say is that by trading you, Darvish, you are making it very, very difficult for you once you get in the playoffs to do anything at that point. I'll give it 1% just to be optimistic and not throw the 0% out. You really think that if they traded Darvish but added two bullpen pieces? Nah, they, they can't make it. Cole Hamels has gone back to Cole Hamels. But they're 9-13 and 13 with Darvish anyway. It's not like that would yeah. be taken away. Uh, and I'm not, They're not going to make it with Darvish. I give them a 2% okay, chance if they don't make a move in the next three days, and I'll give them a 1% chance uh, if they trade away people. I think this is a team that has proven what it is. I could be totally wrong. I didn't think in 2015 the Rangers were going to win anything when they traded for Cole Hamels because they were a 500 team, and it just looked like that's what they were going to be. And then they exploded in the second half. That could happen again, but I just don't see this team doing that with the lack of defense, lack of bullpen. Uh, I just don't. And then the tons of strikeouts in your lineup, not a good batting average with runners in scoring position. I just don't see how all three of those things are going to change because Hitting with runners in scoring position, awesome in the second half of 2015. Defense, it was, I'll say, better than this year. It wasn't good, it but was, it was yeah. better. Better. Uh, and then the bullpen, when they traded for Dyson and Diekman, became a lot better. I mean, than, that was a lockdown bullpen. That really yeah. was. And so those things just don't look like they're going to happen. Yeah, no year. trade. So I'll, my percentages, no trade right now, 7%. Trading away Darvish, but getting two relievers, uh, Honestly, I'd actually, if you got two relievers, I'd say 10%. Okay. Uh, like not, Brad Hand, like you got to get good Yeah, ones. two good ones, yeah. yeah. Not trading away Darvish, getting two really good relievers, I'd go to 20%. Okay. But again, understand that 20% is is not 50%. Yeah, what's tough here, and we haven't talked about this, Jared, real quick, is all the teams ahead of you are, are getting better. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is, if you go from the All-Star break to now, I think the Rangers have only lost one to two games in the standings, which isn't that bad. But when you look at what the Kansas City Royals have done since then and the New York Yankees have done to try to improve their team, even Minnesota made a little bit of a trade, uh, you just you start looking at it and going, oh, man, we're, we're, we're probably in these next two months not going to be able to make up the ground you want to make up. All right, so from Joey, how much of you struggles can be attributed to the change in pitching coach philosophy or does you just do his own thing? I'll let you handle that. I think you does his own thing. I haven't seen any change from Mike Maddox to Doug Brokell with you Darvish. He's not doing something different. He's all, he's been the same pitcher he's always been. All right, uh, we which got, is a good pitcher, by the way. Yeah, absolutely, a really good pitcher. Yeah. Uh, from our pal Casey Donahue, why no Cashner trade talk? Does it all depend on you? Assuming you is first, then everybody. If no you trade, then we stay the course. I, I think there are they are shopping Cashner. Yeah. I just think that the U talk is dominating the headlines and yeah. the Cashner stuff's more under the radar. I just wonder this if the Rangers look at it and go, if we trade U Darvish and Cashner, if we trade two of our starting pitchers, and I know it wouldn't matter because you wouldn't really be competing for anything, you still have to throw five to six innings per start. 
And there could be a chance where you'd have such a bad starting rotation that it'd be tough to get through the rest of the season. But if you can get something I, of value I, for Cat, which I think I you can. I, I would. I would. Well, gosh, you know what? This is where you talk to an agent. And you also have to talk to your ownership. Because I don't mind signing Cashner to a three-year, $36 million contract right now today. Do you hear him on Ben and Skin? I did not. I got a sense that Andrew Cashner wants to be a free agent. Okay, not wants, not that he doesn't like you here, and not that he wouldn't come back. He wants here. the most money, but he yeah, he said I, he he I, I, he basically said he was looking forward to free agency. Okay, well then trade him. Um. So, all right, uh, I'm trying to go down. I'll sift through some of the questions. Uh, okay, so Caleb, who in the farm system do you anticipate getting seen or seeing? Okay, who in the farm system do you anticipate to see called up at some point this year? Sorry, I struggled to read there. Johander Mendez? Yeah, but he's, I mean, I'll, hey, I, actually, I want you to share, what are your thoughts from what you've seen from Mendez, and have you seen Gerardo? I don't like Gerardo at all. On oh. my scouting report, when I watch him pitch six innings and only give up one run, I don't think he'll ever pitch in the major leagues. Wow, okay. I would, it's a bad report, I'm gonna, and I saw him pitch good. I didn't see him pitch bad. I saw him pitch good. He was, when I saw him, Jared, he was 87 to 89 with not much movement on his fastball. Can't miss a bat with any off-speed pitches, but he was getting some soft contact off of that. That's double A, and I couldn't strike out a soul in the major leagues. I think I had 97 strikeouts in a little over 200 innings, but I would strike out over 100 guys in 150 innings easy uh, in, in double A. And he can't strike out but one guy every four and a half inning, or he's getting four and a half strikeouts per nine innings or so. So I'm not a fan of you, Urado, at all. Uh, I am a fan of Mendez. I'm not sure what he is, but he will be a major league pitcher. And what I mean by that is, can he start in the major leagues? He's been working on his command and getting better as the season's gone along this year. He's got to become a better control command guy with the stuff he has, which is good. It's major league stuff, but it's not uh, Clayton Kershaw or anything type of stuff. And if he can't improve his command, then you just say throw the whiz out of the ball out of the bullpen, use your fastball breaking ball, and be a big, tall, lefty reliever for us. And he, this is high praise. I don't think he can be Andrew Miller, but he could turn into uh, you know, a guy that could become a really good, valuable left-handed bullpen piece for you. So I do like Mendez. As a future Texas Ranger, I do not like Urado as a future major leaguer. Okay. Uh, I would say with Mendez, the one thing, like, making the Andrew Miller comparison, when Andrew Miller was a starter, he would go, like, three innings, five walks, yeah. seven strikeouts. Like, yeah. he still was missing bats as right. a starter. Right, right. Uh, I, you know, with Mendez, I, I, mean, I don't know. You know, it's, it's some pro- guys work out. It's too high a praise, right? It's like comparing, you know, different sport. Saying Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be the next Russell Westbrook. Well, he's probably not going to average a triple-double yeah. in a season. But I'm just trying to give you – that's I'm putting a high bar there. He probably won't reach that high bar. But he could be a very valuable left-handed piece in your bullpen in the future. And possibly still a starter. Not ruling out. Right. Because I see where he could be a starting pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, Gary wants to know, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot here because I know that I've watched a little more of, of the minor league stuff than you have. Yeah, who's a potential sleeper in the Rangers farm? So let's start, let's just go for you. Unless you've seen Triple A games, I know you've seen Double A games. Is there a guy that doesn't get talked about who stood out to you that you really like? This isn't going to be. You're going to get excited about him, but 
Kiner Falefa. Falefa. Yeah, that was the I guy think I was he's gonna... going to be a utility guy in the major league. Because he can catch, too. Because he can be catcher, outfielder, infielder. So I think he has a spot in the future in the major leagues. Not maybe as an everyday player, but that's a guy who stood out in double A, and that's the only games I've watched because they're on TV and I've done the Frisco games with you. But right. you know, I'll just throw this out. Connor Sajic, people talk a lot about. I think he's he's a long way away from being a major league pitcher, but I do think he will be a major league pitcher at some point. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Uh, so Kiner would have been my guy, but, you know, in the spirit of bringing up someone else, Andy Banez, uh, you know, he's a guy out of Cuba they gave a million dollars to a couple years back. Uh, I think he's, you know, developing okay as a hitter. You know, one of the questions was, you know, would he be able to stick at second base defensively because obviously there's more value as a second baseman than a third baseman with who can swing it. Uh, not that I foresee the Rangers having a need at second base in the future because like you I do think Ruge will improve to the point where that's not really uh, a hole the Rangers are trying to fill but I think Ibanez is a guy who could develop in such a way that you know he's he becomes an asset uh, to help the Rangers acquire someone you know at some point uh, down the line whenever that that time's appropriate so he's a guy that that's of interest to me okay is there anything else I mean you know we've talked a lot about the trade deadline here uh, any other trade deadline things? I mean, should we talk Pudge? Should we talk Beltre? Uh, man, I'm, I got tickets for Monday for Beltre, and I might be off because I bought them Thursday uh, to take my family out there for 3000 hoping that I'd hit the right date. But it looks like uh, it's something that I think you should, if you're a Ranger fan, uh, and obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you have to be a Ranger fan, uh, I would try to buy tickets for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, and make sure that you're there for that special moment. It's only happened 30 times in the history of baseball, and it's going to happen the way Beltre got hot here. It looks like it's going to happen at home, and I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be lucky enough to be on Fox Sports Southwest, so I will see it unless he gets four hits tonight. Are you the, hanging out? Oh, you're not doing tonight? I'm not doing tonight. But I you're going to be hanging out Saturday, this Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, cool. Wednesday, all Why aren't you doing tonight? Uh, because I have a 40th birthday party to go to. For you? No. You're not, not 40. 40. Almost so. November. Yeah. What are we doing for your 40th? I don't want to do much. Yeah. Would I be invited? I probably wouldn't even be invited. Yeah, I'll invite you. Yeah, I don't it's, know. You'll, we'll have a Peloton party. That's what I want. I want one of <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, uh, I, Pudge, hey. it's it's going to be really cool. I think what's going to be really cool is seeing his number retired in August. On the 12th. Yeah, yeah. that'll be really fun. Are you going to be, will you be at that game? Yes. Working or as a? I believe I'll be working. Got it. I looked at the schedule. I believe I'll be working the rest of the season. There's, oh. not, there's not many off days left for yeah. me. I'm, I'm going to be pumping out, which is going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough for you if this U Darvish thing goes down and LaCroix goes down and the season goes the way that we're predicting the rest of the way. It becomes tough. But if here's what I'm hoping. They trade for Verdugo during during this weekend, and he immediately goes to the major leagues. There's not one day spent in Oklahoma City. He's immediately your starting center fielder the rest of the season because that brings a little bit of life and excitement to me the rest of the season. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, So my thoughts on Pudge, tremendous. First real full-time type Ranger guy that came up through the system to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, they've had others. Nolan did not come up as a Ranger. Ferguson Jenkins did not come up as a Ranger and, uh, you know, spent a little bit of time there. But uh, first guy who came up through the system to be inducted, that's pretty special. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. August 12th will, will definitely be a more personal moment for Rangers fans because 
he'll be here. Uh, his number will be retired. Um, but uh, definitely looking forward to to Pudge's speech. And with Beltre, I'll say this: I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll I'll have a, an opportunity to say this when I jump on with you guys later. But I just hope Rangers fans fill the ballpark. Not as much for Adrian. Like I think Adrian would appreciate it without a doubt. But I just hope fans realize how special of a moment this is going to be. Um, with the way the game is trending right now, we might be skipping a generation of players who are legitimately going to go for 3,000 hits. Yeah. Uh, this is becoming a league where hits are being traded out for power. Uh, and I don't think people, like I, I, I shouldn't say that, understand how unique, uniquely talented and lucky you have to be to get this. I mean, you Adrian have to play Beltre, 20, when yeah. people say, well, he played 20. Well, who played 10 years and got 3,000 hits? Right. Well, and, and, you know, he's playing well, too. Yeah. Imagine if he would have slowed down. Like, I looked at Ichiro, and, and obviously Ichiro's gotten, you know, all, his, all the hits. But yeah. uh, Ichiro's hitting 230 now. Yeah. You know, if, if Adrian Beltre, and I know he's older, but or Ichiro is, but let's say Adrian Beltre two, three years ago really started slowing down. Yeah. He doesn't get to 3,000 hits. He just doesn't. Yeah. The fact that he's, you know, nearly 40 years old hitting 300 is really impressive. Yeah. You've got to be lucky in terms of health. Uh You've got to obviously have a unique ability, which he has. I mean, think of how great Michael Young was. Michael Young got 200 hits for, like, what was it, six straight years? Yeah. But yeah. you know what? And and I love Michael to death, But and he'd be the first to tell you that as he got a little bit older, it just it wasn't happening for him. Yeah. Adrian Beltre, is, it's still happening. Yeah. And I don't know that, I mean, shoot, if you're looking specifically for a guy in a Rangers uniform, it might be 20, 30 years before we see a guy get 3,000 hits. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a ranger. So I just, I, I think sports sports are about a lot of things, chief among those, the, the really uniquely special moments, yeah. and this is a special moment. I agree. I'm going to bring up something else, Jared, because you brought this up, and I know we're running late on this podcast. I don't care because I'm going to bring this up. Would Wade Boggs be looked at as a trash player in AAA by most general managers? Because he's just singles. He'd bat 330 with a lot of singles and seven home runs. Would would teams go that, because he's a Hall of Famer, 3,000 hits, and I'm going to tell you, I think 80% of general managers today would say, I want nothing to do with Wade Boggs on my team. Interesting. If he uh, was in AAA. Now, once what he's about in the, Tony Gwynn? What about Ichiro? Yeah. It's, See, now, the Ichiro, here's the thing, and Tony Gwynn was good, you know, Ichiro, un, uh, outstanding defensively, great base yeah. runner, you know, Wade Boggs, you know, it's, so it's, yeah. it's more than You're just You're talking about three Hall of Famers there. And I just wonder in 2017 through 2018 if those were double A, triple A players putting up their double A, triple A stats. I guess Etro didn't play there, but I don't think teams would value them. Yeah, I, I'm not positive. I still think there would be value because I'll also say this over the last two years, in conversation, at least, batting average has become so quote unquote overrated that I think it's now to the point where it's underrated. Again, like I do think. Obviously, would you rather have Luis Castillo, who will hit 330? I think, like, in, I was just reading a book. In 2000, Keith Law's book, Smart Baseball, he compared Luis Castillo and Barry Bonds. Bonds is 01 versus Castillo's 2000. Castillo hit like 335, Bonds hit 328. In that department alone, Luis Castillo's better. But Barry Bonds hit 71 home runs. Luis Castillo hit two, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Barry Bonds hit all the. So. I think it depends, but I do think there will always be a place in baseball for a guy who's a 300 hitter or, or a so. really good hitter. I, I really do believe that. 
I hope so too, because I'd much rather have Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn, Ichiro up than, and I'm not taking a shot at Joey Gallo here, Rob Deere, Joey Gallo, Adam Dunn, and Adam Dunn had a really good career. But I'm just saying, I know that the threat of the home run is awesome, but the threat of a guy in a big situation being able to make solid contact 40% of the time, I, I like that guy a whole yeah, bunch. Absolutely. All right, he's Mike. I'm Jared. We'll figure out what plays that, and we'll be back next week to talk to you about it all right here on 105.3thefan.com.